0: Welcome to another MLEx podcast. I'm Amy Miller, MLEX's Senior Privacy and Data Security Reporter in San Francisco, California. The high-stakes antitrust trial pitting the U.S. Federal Trade Commission against cellular chipmaker Qualcomm is underway in a federal courtroom in Silicon Valley. For three days, the two sides have dug in, presenting diametrically opposed viewpoints on Qualcomm's dominance in the market for modem chips for high-end wireless devices. The trial is less than halfway complete, and Qualcomm has yet to offer its own evidence, but there's still plenty to break down. Here today to bring us up to speed on what's happening is Mlex senior correspondent Josh Cisco, who's been at the trial every day, and Mike Swift, chief global digital risk correspondent who's been helping out. Hi Josh and Mike. Hi Amy. Hey, Amy. So uh, Josh, first off, remind us what this legal fight is all about.
1: Uh, so, the Federal Trade Commission is challenging how Qualcomm is licensing certain uh, patents uh, that are for uh, cellular communications. Um, Qualcomm's, a lot of Qualcomm's technology are used in standards, which confer on it a, a an obligation to license differently than other patents, and the Federal Trade Commission is saying that they have not lived up to that obligation. Um, chief among the allegations are this policy that Qualcomm has where they won't sell customers chips unless the customers also take a license and the FTC says that Qualcomm uses threats of cutting off chip supply until they get the licensing terms that they want. And Qualcomm counters that they have never cut off chip supply, that the two uh, units are separate, that that the licensing arm of the company doesn't have the power to cut off chip supply, and that that would impact relationships with their customers, some of the largest mobile device makers in the world like Apple, Samsung, Huawei,
2: and Huawei. Well,
0: why hasn't this case been stayed uh, due to the government shutdown? I know the FTC is asking courts to stay other pending cases.
2: Well, I mean, the easiest answer to that question is that Judge Koh back in December issued an order saying that even if there is a government shutdown, the trial is going to continue. And. Clearly, she doesn't want the trial to be interrupted um, at this point. Earlier, we were there was some question about whether um, when the uh, federal courts uh, ran out of money, which everyone thought was going to be uh, this week, that the trial might end. But uh, some more money has been found in the meantime to keep the, the court system running. and. Um, it's looking like the trial is going to uh, continue its, in its entirety through the end.
0: Well, what's been the FTC's focus so far in, in presenting its case?
2: For much of,
1: for much of the, the trial so far, for the first three days, the FTC has uh, trotted out testimony from a number of device makers to describe uh, their bargaining position in licensing negotiations with Qualcomm. And device maker after device maker, including Huawei, Lenovo, Samsung, and others, have said that Qualcomm has this outsized bargaining power because they supply both chips and they require this license of their technology. And so they use the threat of cutting off chip supplies, which is an essential component of the of the phone or the, or the tablet. They threaten to cut off supplies unless the company takes a license on Qualcomm's terms, and which the licensees say is too high of a price, essentially. And so that much of the testimony has been from, from these device makers. Um, one name from Qualcomm, you know, has come up several times throughout the trial, a former head of their licensing business, a gentleman named Eric Reifschneider, who a number of witnesses has uh, have testified that he has repeatedly made threats to cut off chip supplies unless they take a license on Qualcomm's terms. And uh, other Qualcomm witnesses have said that this Eric Reichschneider has no, has no power or had no power to follow through on these threats. These were empty threats, uh, even sort of portraying him as some sort of a rogue actor within the company who is sort of going outside of uh, of his area, so to hmm. speak. Like he um, doesn't have the power to do that, and this was sort of his own way to get The licensing rates that he wanted, but Qualcomm says that it never, it would never cut off chip supply from these companies, and it maintains that it never has.
0: Huawei has it been playing a big role in this 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 case, some way, somehow?
1: Yeah, the role of Huawei is interesting because they, right now, that company could be considered public enemy number one with the U.S. government. We arrested the CFO of the company, or or the Canadians arrested the CFO of the company, late last year um, on alleged Iranian sanctions violations, their security concerns with Huawei, yet their licensing negotiations with Qualcomm have factored in heavily in this trial so far, and the FTC has leaned um, pretty extensively on, on testimony from, from company counsel that they have been disadvantaged in
2: their negotiations with with Qualcomm on patent licenses.
0: That's really interesting.
2: It was, um, it was kind of ironic because I was at the CES show this week in Las Vegas, and the Qualcomm booth is literally right next to the Huawei booth, and I'm like thinking, hey, are they going to start throwing stones at each other? But, <laughs> but um, you know, I don't know what you thought, Josh, but I thought the uh, the testimony of Huawei's patent counsel was Nancy Yo or you, I th- was really effective. I mean, you could sort of see how whether the, the threats were empty or not, they really appeared to scare these companies. The company said we can't accept the risk that Qualcomm might cut up off our chips because then we couldn't... We couldn't make our products.
1: Her testimony was very strong. I mean, the, these are witnesses for the government, so they're coached by government attorneys before they before they testify. And, and she didn't actually testify live. She testified, or er, a video of her of an earlier deposition uh, leading up to the trial was played in court. Um, but yes, I mean, she was very emphatic about how. It didn't matter whether Qualcomm would actually follow through. She said something to the effect of that the company couldn't afford to take the risk, so they had to, they had to acquiesce to whatever uh, Qualcomm's demands were. Yeah,
2: I, I know. Like when I cover trials, like when video depositions come up, I sort of start to tune out a little bit, you know, because it's mm-hmm. on video. But when she was testifying, I was like, really, it really caught my attention. I was really hanging on it. So to me, you know, it's not a jury trial, so you know, how a person comes across, maybe it's not so significant, but it, I just thought it, it really helped. Her testimony really helped the FTC's case, I thought.
0: Well, what about other chip makers? Have they played a, a part in the trial as well?
2: So
1: chip makers have started uh, coming on the scene in the trial, um, especially on Tuesday. Uh, most of the witnesses have been from the licensing standpoint, but a big part of the FTC's theory is that these licensing policies of Qualcomm have harmed other chip makers, because if you are, a, phone, you are a, a smartphone maker. You are buying chips from somebody other than Qualcomm. Because so many of Qualcomm's patents are part of uh, technology standards, you still have to pay Qualcomm a license, even if none of your chip supply is coming from the company. So the FTC and other chip makers argue that Qualcomm is essentially taxing the sales of its competitors hmm. because the other chip makers, like Intel and MediaTek and some others, they don't have any control over what that component of the cost of the chip that they sell to an Apple or a Samsung or another phone maker. So the, the testimony from the chip makers, from Qualcomm's competitors, is going to be key because it's an antitrust trial. And so a big part of what the FTC has to prove in order to get a remedy, in order to, to change, to get a court order changing Qualcomm's licensing practices is That Qualcomm has harmed competition, meaning its competitors, and so there was two so far. A company called uh, a sales executive from a company called MediaTek, a Taiwanese chip maker, that didn't go so well for the government. They testified that uh, that they were harmed by um, agreements that they had to sign with Qualcomm. But then under cross-examination, the witness said that once those agreements were up, they still weren't really able to sign up any new customers. So they sort of undermined themselves hmm. while, while they were on the stand. But then on Tuesday, a senior executive from Intel testified who was a fantastic witness for the government. She refused to give in on Qualcomm's cross-examination and even you know refusing to let up when she thought her comments were being taken out of context typically under cross examination you're mm-hmm. supposed to just answer the question and she was asked if she made specific statements and she said yes but insisted on reading the entire email or clarifying her mm. or, or clarifying what was being read back to her and she was able to get that into the record and and didn't really budge. Um, Who
0: who was that person from Intel?
1: Her name is Aisha Evans, and I think her title is uh, Chief Strategy Officer Uh at Intel. It seemed like
2: that was kind of like the most dramatic thing in the trial so far. She was a a really good witness. Yeah, yeah, interesting.
0: Well, who's up next for the FTC?
1: So uh, on Friday, it's expected, this is all subject to change at the last minute, but it's expected that Qualcomm CEO Steve Mollenkopf and... uh, Apple's procurement chief, a, a gentleman named Tony Blevins, are both expected to testify. Um, there's a number of other deposition videos from other licensees that are expected to be played during the course of Friday and into Monday. I think uh, at some point, uh, Apple's chief operating officer, Jeff Williams, is going to testify. He's essentially Tim Cook's uh, deputy. A date for that isn't, isn't expected, um, but uh, that's, that's what we know so far
0: you got to ask, are there any hints of a settlement so far? Any kind of indications, or is it...
1: No, (laughs) is the short answer to that question. There have been talks. uh, They have put it in the record in court filings that they are trying to negotiate a settlement. There's been a lot of speculation. From what we understand, there's still people on both sides trying to negotiate uh, uh, an end. But I don't see that. I don't see that happening. I think the FTC's case has been going really well. I should qualify that. Qualcomm has not put on any evidence yet. They have only been responding to what the FTC has has been admitting at the trial. So it's really too. It's it's way too early to say what what any sort of outcome would be. But uh, I think at this point they're going to they're going to fight it out in court.
0: Well great. Well thank you Josh and Mike for for taking time out of your busy schedules to talk with us about this.
1: Oh, thanks. Thank you.
0: Again, that's Mlex senior correspondent Josh Cisco and Mike Swift, Mlex's chief global digital risk correspondent. Make sure to come back often for future Mlex podcasts from Europe, Asia, and the Americas on regulatory and litigation issues around antitrust, trade, privacy and data security and corruption. You can access our podcasts from our website or subscribe through the SoundCloud app for iPhone or Android devices. I'm Amy Miller, MLX's senior privacy and data security reporter. Bye for now from San Francisco.